Wolf and Zoe. All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is hour one of episode 485. It's just me and Jason here today. And we're going to float some ideas about, I don't know, when I, you know, just, just to cut to the chase, when I think about old histories, I don't think there's any separating India from maybe some of the oldest stuff in the world, though it's weird. You'll hear things like, well, we don't have any written history and this and that, but all the yogis and the insiders and the spiritual groups, they all seem to know what was going on in the Mahabharata. They all claim different distances to that. Some of them are way in the past. Some of them, not too much. The story we're going to cover today is about what's called the yugas. And in the usage of the word yuga, we're talking about cycles of time. The real problem here is there seems to be two major ideas about the length of the yugas. One of the ideas is claiming we're still in the Kali Yuga, which is a bit of a dark age, not a bit of a dark age. It is a dark age. It's the low point of humanity and that we've got over 400,000 years left to get out of it or something like that. But there was this other guy who claims, well, they had it wrong. And his name was Yukteswar. Uh, Swami Siri Yukteswar, I think Giri is the last part of his title, which if I'm not mistaken, I hope I don't get this wrong, something to do with mountaintops. Maybe the yogis were mountain men. I don't know. But Yukteswar said that we were in the heart of the dark ages when these people calculated these old things and they were suffering from dark age-itis. They didn't have the consciousness to unravel this error that had occurred. So his claim is that we are through the bottom of the cycle of the yugas through the dark age. And as of, I think we'll cover it. I think it's 1700. We're in the Dwarpa Yuga, which is the ascending next cycle. Now to put all this up front in the dark age, supposedly all of humanity is about 25% of what they call virtue. When we get into the Dwarpa Yuga, whenever that might be, we're going to have 50%. Now there's a lot of things about this that seem like there's something here. And the problem is is can anyone out there imagine that we're at the bottom of the Kali Yuga, the darkest cycle, and we have 400 and something thousand years to get out of it? So how do you account for the consciousness rises and everything that we've seen around? So it's all very confusing, but here is the sticky wicket. Yukteswar, who many in India have gravitated towards as the correct correction of the amount of time in the Yugas, guess where his face shows up? I'll put it right out front. He's on Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band. I kid you not. So, you know, does that mean that the people who put that album cover together, which we know were at the highest levels, knew that he had gotten it right and that was a wink to each other? Or is it the other way around? And so we're going to jump into this, Jason. Anyhow, welcome. Oh, and a very beautiful day here. I think spring has sprung in Louisiana. All right. You wrote the crap out of this episode. Is there anything you want to answer? But this is a this is a tough row to hoe. Well, hopefully we can uh, present this in a way that people find it uh, informative and they can understand it and applicable to a lot of what's going on now. You know, in some ways, I feel like India could be at the center of like where everything came from. Like, I don't want to call the cradle of civilization or use all the old terms we learn in school, but it is definitely the mother of a lot of things from the box saga to all these things, to the traditions to, I mean, just go look at the temples in that place. There are temples that are so gorgeous, intricate, and precise 
that were carved apparently out of one rock from the top down. How? There are these caves that are into a solid piece of, I think it's granite, and it looks like they are laser perfect on the inside and polished the whole way. We don't have to have this conversation. Everyone's aware that all this is being questioned, but that happened in India. So what does that tell us about the ability of the people who left those things behind? And that feeds into why I think the Yuga cycle matters. And for my money, I want to lean towards Yukteswar is probably closer just based on the history that I'm aware of that I have any faith in seems to fit better, but there's that face on Sergeant Peppers. So we come back to the unknowable. Was he right? And they were doing a secret wink and a nod to each other back in the sixties, or is it the other way around? Look, our little, you know, guy spewing nonsense has got everyone's attention. I don't know which it is. So we're going to cover both. But it's just hard for me to imagine that we've got 400,000 dark age years ahead. It's all you, Jason. A yuga cycle, also known as a Charta Yuga, Maha Yuga, etc., is a cyclic age or epoch in Hindu cosmology. Each cycle lasts for 4,320,000 years or 12,000 divine years and repeats four yugas or world ages. Krita or Satya Yuga, Trita Yuga, Devapara Yuga, and Kali Yuga. As a yuga cycle progresses through the four yugas, each yuga's length and humanity's general moral and physical state within each yuga decrease by one-fourth. Kali Yuga, which lasts for 432,000 years, is believed to have started in 3102 BC. Near the end of Kali Yuga, when virtues are at their worst, a cataclysm and a reestablishment of dharma occur to usher in the next cycle's Satya Yuga, prophesied to occur by Kalki. There are 71 Yuga cycles in a Manvantara, or Age of Manu, and 1,000 Yuga cycles in a Kalpa, or Day of Brahma. All right, let's just open up and throw it on the table. Right now, we're going for the older idea that um, is much longer. So to be clear, you were just told that the Yuga cycle goes 4,000,000.3 years. Now, the other one that I've referenced only goes 24,000. All right. So what you heard here was, well, it's 4,320,000 years or 12,000 divine years. So that 12,000 divine years, if that was miscalculated and you doubled it, you'd get the 24,000 years for the whole cycle. But one thing that really sticks out about this older method is the claim that you just heard is that we're going from the lowest dark age Kali Yuga, 25% virtue world that is horrible in its description. Um, And we're jumping straight into the Satya Yuga, which is the 100% virtue, the golden age. So that's one of the issues I have. But let me tell you something. I'm using logic. I am no authority, but I think these older ideas matter. And I know they matter because one of these dudes made it onto Sergeant Peppers. <laughs> so there's your proof. If it didn't matter, he wouldn't be there. So let's keep going, Jason. In Hinduism, a yuga is generally used to indicate an age of time. In the Rigveda, a yuga refers to generations, a long period, a very brief period, or a yoke or joining of two things. In the Mahabharata, the words yuga and kalpa 
a day of Brahma, are used interchangeably to describe the cycle of creation and destruction. The names Yuga and Age commonly denote a Katayuga, a cycle of four world ages. For example, in the Surya, Siddhanta, and Bhagavad Gita, which is part of the Mahabharata, unless expressly limited by the name of one of its minor ages. Krita or Satya Yuga, Treta Yuga, Navapara Yuga, or Kali Yuga. All right, just let me be clear one more time. And let me say something up front. We're doing the best we can. We didn't grow up with this as part of our culture. So if there are people who grew up in this culture and we do mistakes, we apologize. We're doing the best we can here, living in the West, looking over to these ideas that I think matter that I think deserve to be front and center as we do these changes. So the first part of this is the long cycle or the older, 4 million plus for the whole yuga cycle. Later, Jason's going to switch over to Sri or Swami Yukteswar's redoing of it and shortening of it, which is a more modern thing, just to be clear. So here we have the cycles laid out, which both agree, as far as I know. The Krita or Satya Yuga is the golden age. Now, each time you step down uh, 1A or era, whatever you want to call it, each Yuga is half the size of the one before it roughly. And I think that's actually true of all of them. But again, I'm doing the best I can. So the Satya Yuga is golden age, 100% virtue. People are physically much, much bigger. Their spiritual endeavors off the charts, almost magical compared to what what we think is possible. Then you step down to the Treta. So there's also in the West a lot, the Satya is called gold, then the Treta. And of course, there's the three idea in there. Treta is the silver. Then we keep going down to the Dwapara or Davapara, however you pronounce that. And that's half again. But by the time you get down there, you're to half your virtue. And then the bottom, the dark age, the Kali Yuga, only 25% virtue left. And the way it is described has a lot of parallels with what we've seen go on recently. But I'm just putting it out there because I think it needs to be paid attention to. Basis for the Yugas. Swami Sri Yukteswar in the book The Holy Science quotes from Manushiya, written by St. Manu of Satya Yuga, explaining the Yuga cycle as follows. Four thousands of years in the Krita Yuga. Satya Yuga, its morning twilight, have hundreds, just as many, and evening twilight has same length. The other three ages in their twilight, the thousands and hundreds, gradually decrease by one. This fourfold cycle is called the age of gods. Thousand such ages make one day of Brahma, and of the same length is Brahma's night. So, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to try my best to, to outline this. The idea of Brahma is like the center of all consciousness or the almighty God of everything. I'm not sure how the Indians would actually explain it. I'm trying to frame it by the way we think in the West. And one year for him is the whole cycle for us. In other words, whether it's millions of years or 24,000 years, I believe that is one, you know, one day for Brahma. It's important to note, by the way, that Brahma is part of one of the Indian triumvirates, Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva. There you go. That's a good thing that you've brought up. So in the same way that we know our trusts have the grantor, the creator, who owns it because he created it, and we have a beneficiary and a trustee, 
that's been pulled from spiritual ideas. So the spiritual idea of the threefold is what Jason just pointed out, Brahma being the creator in a trust that would be maybe the grantor. In other words, the supreme maker who owns what they have made. The period of Satya Yuga is 4,000 years in duration. 400 years before and after Satya Yuga proper are its sandhis or periods of mutation with the preceding and the succeeding yugas respectively. Hence, 4,800 years in all is the proper age of Satya Yuga. In the calculation of the period of other yugas and yuga sandhis, it is laid down that numerical one should be deducted from the numbers of both thousands and hundreds, which indicated the periods of the previous yugas and sandhis. From this rule, it appears that 3,000 years is the length of Trita Yuga, and 300 years before and after are its sandhis, the period of mutation, which make a total of 3,600 years. So what's being described now is the newer from Swami Yuktasar, the guy who came in and said, look, it's not 4 million years. You guys were in a dark age and you couldn't find the error. I'm in a more realized age. I have recognized the error. And by the way, I'm going to point out where the mistake was. That's what's going on. But there's some interesting things here. Like they keep telling you. So the length of the Treta is 3000, but there's a 300 year transition. Well, we have that in in almost all astrology, even when they're using the decans, like someone might say, or you will hear certain astrologers say, so we made it into this sign. Let's just say Sagittarius. So there are three decans, 10 degrees each. Now, as you're coming into the first decan, you still have remnants of the previous sign. So, you know, Scorpio is still a little bit there. And as you get to the center decan, then you're firmly in Sagittarius. This is the same idea just out over a much longer period of time. What they're saying is when you get into the Treta or when you're about to, I'm not sure which, I've read it both ways. I think it's when you get there. There's a three for each thousand. There's a hundred year transition where you're still kind of affected by what's just been happening and you're migrating into what's the new way or the higher minded way in this case because we're coming into the trade to you, if we were coming out of the dark age. I hope people are following this, Jason. So 2,000 years is the age of Dopara Yuga, with 200 years before and after as its Sandies, a total of 2,400 years. Lastly, 1,000 years is the length of Kali Yuga, with 100 years before and after as its Sandies, a total of 1,200 years. Thus, 12,000 years, the sum total of all periods of these four yugas, is the length of one of the Daiba yugas or electric couple, two of which, i.e. 24,000 years, make the electric cycle complete. 100,000 of such Daiba yugas is the day of Brahma, the creative power or creator, when creation exists in a manifested state. The period equal to the above is its night, when this creative power sleeps and the creation is dissolved. So one of the things that got me looking at Swami Yuktasars, that's the modern man who said, you guys had it wrong. It's not 4 million years. Here's the new calculation. In the older way of doing it, you go straight from 25% virtue to the golden age. You Apparently, you leap straight in and that makes zero sense. What he's doing is saying each of the ages have a descending side. So look at a circle. On the right, you're descending from the golden age. The golden age is at the top. Half is on the left of center. 
half is on the right of center. So at center, at the top of a circle, you are dead middle in the golden age. Now, as you go to the right or clockwise, you begin to descend. As you get into the next yuga, each time you use you lose 25% virtue. But when you get all the way down to the bottom of the wheel and you're in the dark era, as soon as you turn that cycle, you're ascending. So this is what made me look at this because it seems to better fit what I know of, what I think I know of history. In other words, we're not going straight from the dark age to the golden age. You descend through all the yugas and then you ascend back up through all the yugas, if that makes sense to everybody. From April 11th, 501 BC, when the autumnal equinox was on the first point of Aries, the sun began to move away from the point of its orbit nearest to the grand center toward the point farthest from it, and accordingly, the intellectual power of man began to diminish. During the 4,800 years which the sun took to pass through one of the Satya couples, or 4,20th part of its orbit, the intellect of man lost altogether the power of grasping the spiritual knowledge. During the 3,600 years following, which the sun took to pass through the descending Trita Yuga, the intellect gradually lost all power of grasping the knowledge of divine magnetism. During the 2,400 years next following, while the sun passed through descending Dwapara Yuga, the human intellect lost its power of grasping the knowledge of electricities and their attributes. In 1,200 more years, during the year 499 AD, the sun, Hattal, passed through the descending Kali Yuga and had reached the point in its orbit which is farthest from the grand center. The autumnal equinox was on the first point of Libra. The intellectual power of man was so much diminished that it could no longer comprehend anything beyond the gross material of creation. The period around 500 AD was thus the darkest part of Kali Yuga and of the whole cycle of 24,000 years. History indeed bears out the accuracy of these ancient calculations of the Indian Rishis and records the widespread ignorance and suffering in all nations at that period. All right, so here we're getting into the meat and potatoes. As a man who grew up in the West, and I didn't have the benefit of knowledge of this until I suck it, uh, sought it out. This is what I noticed. Truly, that last statement. Yeah, what I see in history really kind of reflects this mindset and this explanation. And so many of the things we've talked about, like they're saying, at some point, we lost all our spiritual knowledge. Remember the episodes where I was trying to explain that I reckon that probably we lost what I call spiritual vision right around the Renaissance or going into the Renaissance. There's the same idea re-expressed. But what really grabs me is how they're using the equinoctial points. I imagine a lot of astrologers out there might find this fascinating if you're not familiar with this. They're saying the first point in Aries is the starting point. Well, a lot of astrologers see that. But the way they use the equinoxes, and I'm not very good at this. I kind of get it, but I don't think I can explain it without a lot of people commenting who know better than I do. So we're going to ask another gentleman to come on who's been doing his own work. But with everything that's just been said, doesn't that fit a lot of the things that we talk about? And doesn't that fit the idea of where we even look back uh, a few hundred years at, you know, at the buildings, how we seem to be falling, 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 falling. And then all of a sudden we get around the year 2000, give or take a decade, well, not give or take, give a decade. So two, 
2000, 210, 212, whatever it may have been, we start to notice a real increase in people's perceptions and their consciousness. And then we start to recognize, hey, all these young people that were born in the 90s, some of them have astounding artistic, musical, and other abilities that were far above what their parents had. And so that's why I find this fascinating because my direct observation kind of meshes with what's going on. So again, we are following Yukteswar's ideas of a shorter cycle. And again, his face is on the cover of the album that I described. From 499 AD onwards, the sun began to advance toward the grand center, and the intellect of man started gradually to develop. During 1100 years of the ascending Kali Yuga, which brings us to 1599 AD, the human intellect was so dense that it could not comprehend the electricities, Sukshmabhuta, the fine matters of creation. In the political world also, generally speaking, there was no peace in any kingdom. So, I mean, I think that reflects a lot of what we think of recent history. But here's another thing that grabbed me as I began to try to educate myself more about this. They're using the terms that I have used. I have said the only force is electricity. This is what they're talking about. But they go into the magnetism as well. And they have this kind of binary view, which is exactly the way that I think about things. But here's part of what we're going to run into that really grabbed me. One of the ideas is that we have a binary sun. Remember my work, All You Have Seen Shoot the Moon? I filmed like another object, which for all intents and purposes looks like a reflection or another sun outside the firm, whatever it is. I don't know what it is, but it's there. I filmed it. It's a filmed event. If we did have a binary and all the people who have seen two bodies at sunset or sunrise, is that our binary? And there's also this relationship in this method to the Pleiades, to a star called Alcyon, which almost looks like it's spelled all C1, I've always thought. But remember what our Bible says. Our Bible does not say a lot openly on the, on the surface level about the sky clock, but everybody knows in Job, can you deny the sweet influences of the Pleiades? And then the other mention, of course, is Orion's belt. And the only other real mention we assume is referring to the Zodiac. But the point is very little said about stars directly. And there it is, the Pleiades. But here's some of the problems. Where I currently assume is that the world stands fast. Well, if we have a binary, that creates issues. Because if we have a binary, doesn't that mean we're moving or something like that? But at the end of the day, I filmed another body out there. Is it possible it's related to this? In other words, we got a lot to learn. Subsequent to this period, when the 100-year transitional Sandy of Kali Yuga set in, to affect a union with the following Dwapara Yuga, men began to notice the existence of fine matters, the attributes of five electricities, Pancha Tunmatra, and political peace began to be established. So I've read ideas about the five electricities, and it's fascinating, and it reminds me of the older accounts of spiritual meditators and people who spent lifetimes involved on doing one thing, trying to reach enlightenment and escape this place from their point of view. I heard the five electricities described as each of your senses reflects one of those kinds of electricities. And just the fact that we're saying electricities, I'm already interested because I'm not buying gravity. I'm not buying all the, it's electricity. To me, that is the main source of 
a force in this world. And I would say its daughter is magnetism. Not sure how the Indian tradition would break that down, but here we are talking about electricities. And by the way, there are five unique versions. And if we are in the ascending Dwarfa Yuga, men should and women should be just now noticing, hey man, this is all about these unique electricities, which that seems to be going on in the world too. About 1600 AD, William Gilbert discovered magnetic forces and observed the presence of electricity in all material substances. In 1609, Kepler discovered important laws of astronomy, and Galileo produced a telescope. In 1621, Drebel of Holland invented the microscope. About 1670, Newton discovered the law of gravitation. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Uh, I don't... I can't address this without being me, Jason. Okay, so what's being pointed out here is roughly 1600, mainstream history wants to tell us a guy's discovering magnetic forces. That would start to fit the timeline as the end of the Dark Age at the 1700s. So you're 100 years out here from when people are going to be realizing more and begin to ascend and stop being in the Dark Ages. But the rest of this, I mean, this is where it all comes apart for me. Kepler, what did Kepler do? Well, he sure as hell didn't do observations. Tycho Brahe did that. And Kepler, whether or not he had a hand in Brahe's death, took his data. So his important laws of astronomy are clever math. That's what they are. And so Galileo, maybe he did discover the telescope. I don't know. But once we get up to Newton, discovering gravitation, what we are talking about in the modern era is a theory based on a theory. In other words, it's clever math. So this is the problem with the world we live in now, because look, this is how they're describing that you can see that clearly we're leaving the dark age and beginning to ascend. They're recognizing magnetism. Pretty soon, the five different types of electricity, but the examples we're using are, from my point of view, not good examples. They're nonsense. 1699 AD sees the start of the ascending of Dwapara Yuga, or the Sandy Period. In 1720, Stephen Gray discovered the action of electricity on the human body. Thomas Savory made use of a steam engine in raising water about 1700. In the political world, people began to have respect for themselves, and civilization advanced in many ways. England united with Scotland and became a powerful kingdom. Napoleon Bonaparte introduced his new legal code into southern Europe. America won its independence and Europe was peaceful in many parts. With the advance of science, the world began to be covered with railways and telegraphic wires. By the help of steam engines, electric machines, and many other instruments, fine matters were brought into practical use, although their nature was not clearly understood. I think this last part is is fair on the face of it. Uh, The earlier parts, kind of in a way, it feels like we're selectively grabbing things to support our argument, not all the way, but from all the law work we've done, consider what was set up initially for America. Feels to me like there was a whole different mindset where it was intended to respect the living man and woman. And for a very short period, it did. And in the legal aspects, we're going back to these ideas to try to undo some of what was done later. So the American thing, maybe that's a good example. But of all the selective grabbing to make the point that we went into Dwarpa Yuga in 1700, according to Yukteswar, the more modern version, it's true. We got steam engines, electric machines, and it's true. It was not even 10 years ago that my 
a family member of mine who is a journeyman electrician will still tell you they don't understand electricity all the way, but look what use we've made of it. So all that tends to back the argument, which is why it make it, it's why I would take an interest in this. Because the observations I make in the world feel like they reflect the claim that's going on. In 1873, James Maxwell comes out with his theory of electromagnetism. In 1895, X-rays are discovered by W.C. Rontgen. 1896 has Henry Bacall discovering radioactivity. And 1897 has J.J. Thompson discovering electrons in cathode rays. So I think the main thing here is things that we assume probably have, we know they happened. So we'll just assume that we're being told the truth for the sake of this argument. But we know that electromagnetism began to be used. Radioactivity, um, we know these things. So it does begin to reflect what we're being told. Oh, we're leaving the dark age. And now as the Indian writings that I've read, these fine materials, these more subtle materials are coming onto our radar as we move towards comprehending them. But we're already using them even before we have full comprehension. 1899 has the 200 years of transition time of the ascending Dwapara ending and the Dwapara proper starting. In 1900, Max Planck publishes The Law of Black Body Radiation. In 1915, Albert Einstein published his theory of general relativity. 1925 has the Schrodinger equation, which describes the space and time dependence of quantum mechanical systems. This starts the science of quantum mechanics. Following up from that is the Heisenberg principle, which states that we cannot know both the position and speed of a particle, such as a photon or electron, with perfect accuracy. So this is a tricky little one here. So the main thrust is under Yuktaswar's new ideas about how long the Yugas are in 1900. We've left the Dark Ages. There was a 200-year transition where we slowly morphed away from Dark Age living and ideas into the new ascending Dwarpa Yuga. And so then they go on to use mainstream, I'm saying, goes on to use all these sketchy things like Einstein. Uh, how many people look at Einstein and don't recognize what he's been used for? And then they say things like space-time dependence and all these other things. My point is, is if space is truly misdescribed, you can see the problem with this. But to me, this might start to answer why Yuktaswar's face is on that album, that so important album that was used to socially engineer the world and swap in the new Paul McCartney and introduce him to you and all this stuff that is clearly social engineering, it feels to me like as we are pulling up in consciousness and we're going to realize more subtle things, the people who have control of the narrative and the news and the, you know, the universities, they're going to start to shuffle it around. Like here we're playing Scrabble, but we remove some pieces. So you can't put certain words together. When you start talking about Einstein's theory of general relativity, gravity, space, time, and all this stuff, it feels like a shuffling of reality to me. And so which way is it? Is Yuktaswar onto something? And that's why they put his face there and they knew it. And it was an inside wink to each other. Or is it the other way around? No, we're actually going 4 million years in one full cycle. Or is it something else altogether? That's the predicament we find ourselves in. You know, maybe we should take a moment to talk about the book that this is coming from predominantly. You want to give us the title? The Holy Science. So here's the thing. 
Yukteswar Yogananda, is that right, is related to Yogananda, who supposedly was sent for the first time to this country. And even people like Fortune recognize things about Yogananda, though I am told he did not make it to enlightenment. And I was told that by being said, he didn't make it to enlightenment, so he didn't finish his mission. But supposedly, and I think a lot of people accept it as true, he went up on a stage and said, okay, guys, I'm done. I'm going to leave now. And he died. Just you know, like you've heard so many yogis in the past. I can die when I want to and leave my body behind. So that's a little bit of it. But Yukteswar does this book. And Yukteswar is the guy who's saying, well, it's not 4 million years plus, 4.3 million for the whole Kali Yuga. They read the old records that we have and they misconstrued them because they were in a dark age time and their consciousness was too depressed. So here I am a little closer to a better consciousness time. And I am the first guy who recognized that not only it's wrong, but I can describe the problem, the reason it is wrong. And that's what's going on. But I got this book and I read through it. Here's another. And by the way, it's not much of the book. That's what's strange too. It's really like, I don't know, 10, 12 pages in, in near the front of the book that says, all right, you guys have all been miscalculating the yuga cycles. Here's my thing. And he, he does you know the recalculation. The rest of it predominantly, and apparently I think he was directed, if I'm not mistaken, to show that there really isn't that much of a difference between the old Indian religious and spiritual traditions and the Western Christian ones. And he goes in to pull out all these verses to show that there's a relation to how they view things like the chakras, the energy paths that go up your spine. People have heard so much about, I'm not going to use the branded word for that because I think it leads us astray. It's been so misused and overused, but that's part of it. And I'm not going to make a judgment on any of that. What I'm going to do is say his recalculation is interesting. He claims he was risen enough in the ascending era past the dark age to have recognized and quantified the problem. And otherwise, not only that there was a problem, but here's where the calculations went wrong in the past. So there is the entire argument for you. And again, to be clear, we're talking about Yukteswar. You can get the book Jason mentioned. And even if you don't want to read the whole thing, it's not a big book, by the way, you could read it in a day, maybe two. It's like 12 pages up front that do the recalculation of the cycles of time. How's that, Jason? I think that helps a lot, actually. Okay. In 1947, the first transistor is invented, which will go on to revolutionize all electronic devices. This was a joint effort by John Bardeen, Walter Bretain, and William Shockley. Moving up to 1971, the first microprocessor is released. Called the Intel 4004, it is a 4-bit central processing unit, or CPU, released by Intel Corporation 1971. It was the first commercially produced microprocessor and the first in a long line of Intel CPUs. The world will keep on moving, with the first cell phone being released in 1979, the first high-definition color television in 1989, and the World Wide Web approximately beginning around 1990. All right, so here's the question I would ask. Is it possible that we, if we're going by the, the, the older idea that it's 4.3 million years to get through the full cycle, then that would put us in the middle of the dark ages with another 400 grand. 
another 400,000 years-ish, I think, to go. If we had another 400,000 years to get out of the dark age, would we be able to invent the transistor, the microprocessor, cell phones? These are using more subtle energies. So that's part of it. But then again, my logical mind says, but what has it done for us? These things that we're talking about that I've just listed, particularly the cell phone, have been used to terrible ends to do damage, moving us away from nature, turning people almost autistic in the way that they are stuck in their phone all day. And I don't think we need to mention television, right? Everybody's aware of the programming nature and the negative effects of television. So that's the other side that I think about. So is it possible that we are harnessing these more subtle energies as we are still in a dark age with a hell of a long time to go? Or is it that we're just working out, you know, we're okay, now we can start to use these more subtle things we couldn't recognize earlier, but we're human beings. So we're in the early part of a new era. We're going to do bad things with it as we gain back 50% of our virtue or however it is. That's I'm just explaining the arguments I have in my head to try to deal with this information, which seems useful and pertinent. I would give a lot to know which one and how it is all actually truly proven correct. In Hinduism, the Kali Yuga is the fourth and worst of the four yugas or world ages in a yuga cycle, preceded by Dwapara Yuga and followed by the next cycles, Krita or Satya Yuga. It is believed by some to be the present age, which is full of conflict and sin. According to Puranic sources, a Krishna's death marked the end of Dwapara Yuga and the start of Kali Yuga, which is dated to 17th, 18th February of the year 3102 BC, lasting for 432,000 years or 1,200 divine years. Kali Yuga began 5,124 years ago and has 426,876 years left as of 2023 of the current era. Kali Yuga will end in the year 428,899. So here we are back to the older reckoning. This is what Yukteswar claims to have corrected, having been in a higher-minded era to find the error and the reason for the era. So here we are again. This is the opposite claim. The opposite claim is that we got a hell of a long way to go to get out of the dark age known as the Kali Yuga. I'll do it one more time. The golden age is Satya or Krita Yuga. We In the West, it often gets called the golden age. It is the longest. Each time you step down to silver and beyond, you cut things in half. And that's the the transverse cycle in or the, the, the cycle where one era fades out into the other does the same thing. So at first it's 400 years, then it's 300 years, then it's 200 years, you know, that kind of idea. So for each thousand, there's a hundred year transition, if I have this right. Under the Satya Yuga, which is the golden age, is the Treta Yuga. Under that, you'll hear it said and written two different ways. Dvarpa with a V or with a W, Dwarpa, which has the two idea in it. And the lowest or dark age cycle is the Kali Yuga. And so just to make it clear, everything Jason just read is back to the older ideas. Guess what? Whole cycles, 4.3 million years. And just so people don't get confused, Yukteswar is the man on the cover of the album. And he's the guy that said, no, it's only 24,000 years. Okay. The main difference is, is 
This one that we're reading is 4.3 million for the whole cycle. When we get through the dark age, we jump straight into the golden age. Yukteswar, the guy on the album cover is saying, excuse me, folks, it's only 24,000 years. So we descend through every yuga, 12,000 years. Then we ascend through every yuga back up to golden to try to explain it to people who are unfamiliar. So you've brought up the Sgt. Pepper cover a couple of times. Do you have any idea why they would have put him on there? You know, I discovered it as an accident when we were getting ready for Mike Williams and it kind of rang my bell. It's like, oh, great. Here I am doing all this yoga research to try the best I can to describe a thing that is so far from my culture that I know when I speak about probably a lot of people from that part of the world that may listen will have strong opinions which they probably should. They grew up around it. They probably do know more than me. But what it comes down to is what I have seen online is there are certain sects of so-called gurus who say, no, it's the 4.3 million is right. Then there's others. And a lot of those seem to be like almost YouTube personalities, which doesn't ring very well for me, are saying, nope, Yukteswar was right. But then I know Yogananda was respected. And even people like Fortune, who's aware of all these spiritual traditions, they know that guy. And they say he didn't complete his mission. In other words, he didn't make enlightenment, that it's true that he went up on a stage one day and said, okay, I'm done here. And he left of free will. So there's all these conflicting things. If I had to venture a guess, and this this is just the best I can do because I have not spent time trying to determine how he got on the album cover because it's just so much work and so much, you know, oh, he's a CIA double agent. No, he's not. It just gets tiring. This is what I suspect is true. Maybe he was correct because what he's saying better fits what I see going on in the world with my very limited view of a person who's barely out of the dark age. So let's keep that in context if he's right. Maybe they put him on the album cover. Like you remember the old saying where the Beatles said something like by, by the era, they, they used the specific date. I think 2012, Paul will be worshiped as Jesus making a joke about the, the era and that they were consciously way ahead of where we wouldn't catch up till 2012 or something was the idea. So maybe they knew that Yukteswar had solved the problem or corrected in era, but nobody ever heard of him in the West. No one in that album would even probably know who his face, very few people. So maybe that's what was going on. That's the best I can do. But the flip side of that is that we're all being lied to, and that's why he's on the album cover. And if it wasn't for Yogananda and people that I can talk to in this world that are aware of things that went on there, it appears that he truly tried to do good things in the world. Now, there's going to be 100 people listening, at least, that probably have the opposite opinion. What I'm going on is people I can talk to in my direct experience and listening to, to just desperately hear is this bell cracked. And to be honest with you, some days it feels like there's a crack and other days I'm not so sure. That's my honest assessment. So you don't think anything got interwoven into Beatles music? For him to be on the album cover, there's definitely a nod in some direction. But when I logically break it down, this is what I think. When Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club came out, how many people would ever have known whose face that was? Now, over time, they started making little maps, right, where they said who everyone was. 
But even back then, Crowley was on there and other people, and it didn't make a big difference back then because they didn't know then what we know now. My point is, that's a pretty obscure face from a part of the world where we have little to do with other than we know the Beatles went to India. We also know they got a fake guru, right? There's the whole story of the guru they meet there, and he gets caught having sex with all the groupies or whatever their story is. He's basically shown to be not a real guru, or that's the perception that's put out there. So there's your India connection. But I'll ask again, why would you put such an obscure face who no one's ever heard of? And here's the choices I come up with. That guy cracked it, and he told the true things. The people in charge know they have a better idea than we do about the cycles, or this guy lied. And so we're going to honor him by putting him up there with Crowley. But the problem with that is Crowley didn't necessarily lie. What he did was a self-centered thing. And by the way, it appears that many of his methods were quite effective. So everybody now knows what I know. I feel like the world that I have been researching and the limited history where I feel like I have any confidence in it better fits Yoke de Soir's breakdown. But that's a thin thread. <laughs> that's a thin thread to make claims on. And the last point for hour one. Why do some believe this is Kali Yuga? Due to some past mistakes in the almanac, the present Yuga is recorded as Kali Yuga. After the Mahabharata War, Pandavas, Dahmaraja, and his four brothers, along with other wise men, retired to the Himalayas. Dahmaraja's grandson, Raja Parikshit, took the throne. No one in his court has the understanding of the Yugas. So this is part of one of the accounts that are easily looked up. I don't necessarily want to call them mainstream, but they're certainly adjacent to what's presented to people. Here's the thing. I think, and anyone out there who knows better than I do, because there might be a lot of you, and we're going to have a guy on that knows better than I do to try to make up for any gaps or mistakes I make. When Krishna leaves the world, we're just about to go into the dark age, the Kali Yuga. And I think everyone pretty much agrees, and that's where they mark a date. But it gets confusing again, because if we know that and we know the date, then how come we can't know other things? But at the end of the day, what's being said here is these people in charge or these important personages, after all these things happen, go to the Himalayas and they no longer have the information. But here's the thing. If any of this is true and they mark Krishna's leaving of the world or, or whatever it's properly described as. And by the way, anyone who goes out there and reads the worship of Augustus Caesar, if you go read the worship of Augustus Caesar, you are going to read from men, learned men in the 1800s who did old school, serious research that was going to be put in front of their peers. They were doing the best they could. Certainly, they're going to tell you that the story of Krishna has been reused so many times that no matter what you think about it, you know darn well it was of apex importance. That much is certain. Whatever else you want to believe about it, that much is certain. It's just that we live in the West, so we're not too familiar with those traditions. The idea being Krishna decides to leave, I guess, kind of like Yogananda. My, my, my gig's done here. I'm leaving now. Um, and we went into the Dark Age. And then the people that were facing the dark age no longer had the information because guess what? We're going down to 25% virtue and we don't know all the things that we used to know because we're falling through time. And that rings true with me. I accept it, but 
how do we do, Jason? Did, did we create more problems than we solved or did we manage to start a conversation? I think this is quite informative. Hopefully the uh, matching up of the historical items will help folks to understand the validity of what's being presented. So we've reached out to a young man who's interested in astrology and has maybe a better grasp, certainly a better grasp on the equinoxes and how they were used in these methods, because that is a big deal to me. When you start tying things to solstice and equinox, now you're speaking my language. What's crypto? Some crap somebody made that's not worth anything. What's gold? Oh, yeah, that's this thing we hold valuable that God made. Okay, there's the difference. So they're using these important key points, which almost everything that was built in the old days was aligned to because it was important. It reflected the reality of what it means to be in this creation. And it was done, I accept, when we had more consciousness. Maybe it was done when we were at three quarters, what they call virtue. Maybe it was done when we had half the virtue from the golden age. Maybe it's all handed down from 100% virtue of the golden age. Because can anyone here imagine some of the temples we can go around the world see and not absolutely consider this had to be some kind of a golden age when these things were done? It is so far beyond our ability to even try to describe a lot of it. And then there's the things that are obvious. Here's a whole temple that is so gorgeous and precise. And as far as we know, that thing had to be carved from the top down out of bedrock. How? How could consciousness even tackle such a job? And yet there's the evidence that it was. Anyhow, just to suffice, we're going to bring in someone who knows more than I do. He's not Indian, by the way. And if this conversation really gets going, we may well reach out to some folks who grew up in India who have the cultural connection to all this. We'll see where it goes. But that's hour one of episode 485. First hour is free to everybody at crow777radio.com. That is C-R-R-O-W-777radio.com. And members know to log in for the full two-hour, two-hour-plus episode. They also get free access to the movie Shoot the Moon with all my scope work on the moon. And we hope to see you on the other side. With that, I'll close this episode and we'll prep for hour two. And I'd like to wish you all a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era. Cheers.
Belief is the enemy of knowing.